Now more with Sandy Clough and Sean Drotar. Presented by Burnham Wall. Hire the winner at BurnhamWall.com. This is Sandy and Sean on Mile High Sports. What the Denver Nuggets did to win their title was not unprecedented. We've seen moments in the NBA in which teams have, have rolled at, at this level. The 21 total points the Nuggets lost their four games. Matches, by the way, the 21 points that the Golden State Warriors lost in their one game when they went 16 and one on their way to the title. Now I'm still not going to argue the 16 and four is better than 16 and one. But the point is that the Nuggets were not out of any game at all. The ones that they won, I mean, they, they were relatively dominant. I think when you take on the best of the best and you win 75% of your playoff games, I, I don't know how you any realistically expect much better than that. Uh, they had the second best offensive rating in playoffs in history, although that's not era adjusted. Uh, so, you know, take that with a, a small grain of salt. But it shows that even in today's NBA, what the Nuggets did was not run of the mill. It was outstanding. And this isn't one of those to hear some of the, the, the talking heads of the national side. They're a little salty. They got exposed by not doing their homework, trying to talk the Nuggets down uh, a little bit by whatever sort of reason they'd like to do it. Uh, is this the best championship team ever? No. Is it the best championship team of, of the 21st century? No. Not that it matters. You still get to keep your ring and your trophy just the same. But are they the worst? Oh, no. No, definitely not. They are in the upper echelon of that, uh, given the fact they had the conference on lock for months. They won 16 of their 20 playoff games. They swept the Western Conference Finals. They won two series over teams that were favored in the, in the Lakers and the Suns. In the Lakers' case, the Lakers were a speed bump at most. There, there were contradictions in that, though, too, because um, for all the heat the national media took, a vast majority had them beating the Suns and the Lakers both. Um, I, I understand what, what the odds were, were but those are set by people correct. wagering quite correct and that that isn't it, it gets lumped in with well that's what the media thinks well no, no it's if not. you looked at predictions before those series denver phoenix denver lakers two-thirds at least were picking the nuggets to win the series and most had them winning rather easily in five or six games uh, i don't know that people were picking them to sweep phoenix and they didn't Took them six. Um, picking them to sweep the Lakers, um, they did, but there was certainly a game or two in there that they could have lost. Mm-hmm. It was, it, it was, they, they didn't win every game by 20 points. Right. They weren't that dominant. But they, there are all these uh, little contradictions, and even the TV ratings. Uh, Sean, you may be more expert than I am, but you figure this out. ABC, ESPN, TNT averaged 54.7 million viewers in a 23 playoffs, the most watched playoffs in five years. Right. And the Nuggets were the best team in those playoffs. Mm-hmm. And whether the national media preferred this or not, they were the most featured team. The, the they sun, played 20 games. The favored team in the West coming out, and I get the, get the favorites, but uh, quite frankly, even the media did believe that when the playoffs started, that the Suns were likely to come out of the West. The Suns only made it two rounds. Right. 
Half of the no. playoffs were, were conducted without the team that everyone was talking about being the championship contender yeah. with. Yeah. The uh, half well, of the rounds happened without the league MVP and okay. Joel Embiid. But, and what but I'm saying the is, playoffs this, yeah. are watched by more people right. than it watched. No, the this is my point. Years. But without but, those big stars. But on the other side, the NBA Finals, uh, 11.64 million was the average audience down from 2022, which was at 12.402 million. Game five, 13.084 million averaged. That's a four-year high mm-hmm. for fifth game. In other words, it took some people okay. time to warm up to these but teams and to the Nuggets in particular. There are some ups and, and downs. The NBA Finals ratings were down over even last year. And last year was not a compelling series. But it was so. Boston and San Francisco. Well, yeah, but it was. It, I, it I, I don't think outside it of matters. Boston and San Francisco there were a, there was a tremendous amount of interest in that. I but really the Boston don't. and San Francisco markets alone, the oh, interest well, in those okay. two bigger than oh. Denver and Miami by substantial numbers. Okay. Well, you know, okay, that. but it was not. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't even think in the greater Bay Area or Boston. Maybe, maybe through the first three or four games, but they said game five last year is a 2-2 series. Right. Game one this year is 3-1. I just don't think there was that much interest. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, in the well, series but last the funny year thing is, anyway, on a national basis, and that's what they're that's All that's showing then is that there is no significant drawback to not having major markets in, in involved well, in the finals. Right. Not significant. But again, it, it, you can take it. The, the people who say the Nuggets aren't a big draw can point to some things, and the people who say it didn't make any difference or people actually got more interested in the Nuggets at the playoffs went on, they have ammunition too. That That's all sure. I'm saying. You, you, can, you can talk about how the Nuggets beat teams collectively with a lower winning percentage than uh, uh, any uh, team had since the 1950s. Okay. But they played against eighty-one all-star 81 appearances, all-star appearances yeah, by various players, which was the most ever for a team that won the title to have to go up against that kind of all-star competition. Uh, Denver's household rating of twenty-one point five five, not surprisingly, led the nation for the series. That's right. People in Denver were into it, and uh, I, I'm sure the Bay Area did did very well uh, last year. Uh, Boston's kind of a squirrely uh, market. Uh, uh, when the Red Sox get going, even in in May, uh, interest shifts in Boston. It's not like that out here. Uh, <laughs> no, it's no, not like that not out for, here at all. Not for more than about a week. You know, no. the Red Sox have been a last place team fairly often. That doesn't matter. I mean, fans gripe, but they watch the games and they, they show up for the games. Um, when... You're talking about uh, how the Avalanche got their franchise, for example. Denver was the number one rated market of all those markets that did not have an NHL team in 1994 by a large margin. And that was a major factor in Quebec City moving its team Mm -hmm of the Nordiques moving to Denver because they looked at those 1994 ratings when Denver didn't have a team in the hunt. They didn't have a team. They didn't have an NHL franchise. 
And, uh, oh, by the way, the Nuggets stole the first two weeks at least of the playoff year that year. And still, after the Nuggets went out especially, many, many more people in Denver were watching the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, than watched the NBA playoffs. And in the finals, you had two New York teams, one that won and one that lost. So why why would Denver fans have an intrinsic interest in the New York Rangers or the New York Knickerbockers or even the Houston Rockets or Vancouver Canucks for that matter, but they watched the hockey, yeah. and that's how they got a, a team. And so, yes, I thought, even though it was only a five-game series, I thought this year's NBA Final Series was just much more interesting, and yes, aesthetically pleasing than last year's series was that was mistake filled that the games were lost as much as they were won, if not more. I think Boston being up two one did more to lose the last three games of that series than golden state didn't win them. That's to take nothing away from golden state. Golden state was the best team, clearly the best team last year and, and deserved its championship. But if you're, getting down to the nub of it and saying, okay, which of the four championship teams would you believe were beatable? Certainly not the Durant teams with Curry and Thompson and Green. Not either of those two. And not the 2015 team. And not even the 2016 team that won 73 games. It was last year's team. It was last year's team by far that was both the least interesting and the least effective of their four championship teams, and the ratings suggest that. At least for Game 5 of a 2-2 series, you'd think that would outrate this year's Game 5. It didn't. So, uh, again, all I'm saying is you can pick your... Well, and what you pick your rating stat, you me, can pick your metric, you can pick your statistical the fact, oddity. The fact that you can do that, and Sandy, actually means something to me because what it tells me is that the NBA's long held narrative that I think Adam Silver has been fighting against now has more than enough ammunition in the last couple of years with Milwaukee winning and now Denver winning and having no discernible impact on the ratings, right? I think it's fair to say that if you can argue it on one side and argue it equally on the other side, then you're probably not talking about something that's vastly different, right? That's probably fair to say. In the end, uh, the ratings were not significantly better nor worse. They were about the same, which is what we say all the time about the Super Bowl, no matter who's in it, because it's the Super Bowl and people care. Now, it certainly has the advantage of being a touchstone national holiday for borderline at this point, but the NBA Finals, the, the narrative for a long time, and this was the fear born out of uh, a, a 70s NBA that had a fractious relationship that it had built with the with the ABA, uh, David Stern takes over, tries to solve that. There were significant drug problems, especially back east, that were threatening the league. And one of Stern's ideas behind it is, look, big cities, big markets, build out from there. Now, I understand why that happened. But the problem is, over the decades to follow, the dogma was that that's the only way it would work for the NBA. Big cities, big markets. That's the way it would work. And up until, oh, fewer than seven, eight years ago, that's the way the NBA still functioned. And until the last couple CBAs, which have been 
not a secret, been designed in concert with the players, by the way. The labor peace between the NBA and the NBA PA is notable among leagues right now in the last decade. Because everybody's making money. As the NBA is doing something that every other league in this in this country wants to do, the NBA is the international sport among Americans. If you're, if you're watching an American league and you're abroad, you're probably watching the NBA, not the NFL. The NFL's playing catch-up, and they know it. So there's plenty of money out there, and Silver and the players understood, look, the cities don't matter. Kevin Durant became a superstar in Oklahoma City. Giannis and Seattle at the beginning. Right. Doesn't even have a team. And the and the NBA is also, of all the leagues, I think talking not necessarily more about expanding, but more immediately about expanding. Giannis and Seattle is, is one of those cities right. that they feel, I think, this has come out publicly oh, yeah. often enough, they feel very strongly that if they were to add two teams, let's say, and get to 32, Seattle would be one of them. Yes. Oh, yes. I'd be stunned, if, get, stunned if it wouldn't be. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you you look at the fact that the stars can now be made in markets in which traditionally the idea was, well, you're going to have to move to one of those big coastal cities or you're going to have to be in Chicago or something if you want to be a star. No longer necessary. The, the advent of the Internet and social media changed that uh, for forever. And for international viewers, they don't care. You probably don't know where Serbia is, or at the very least, if you even know the region, you might not be able to pick the country out on a map. And that's okay because that's what most people in Europe take a look at compared to where Denver is or Oklahoma City is or where Milwaukee is. They don't know and they don't care. They're players they like play there. So what we're seeing with these ratings is the fact that it is validation for silver, for the players, and for people like me that I have fought this battle since I started with ESPN more than 25 years ago and I've made the argument forever that the NBA was on the wrong track. You want new talent. You want Fresh talent, and you know what makes a league healthier? When more of its franchises are healthy, not less. When more of its franchises have an opportunity to win, not less. I agree the NBA with all that. swam upstream for so long. Now they're not. And what's really delightful to see is the Bucks win coupled with the Nuggets win yeah. is proof positive that the NBA now has completely going to turn away from that. That stern era dogma is in the past and it's going to stay there forever. Yeah, and teams it, like the Denver Nuggets it, are better off because of it. Even with Stern, it was more about superstars and super teams. Now, when the mentality changed and superstars tended to want to play together and create super teams on their own, and they had the power to do that, it changed. But I I don't think even with Stern it was ever so much about super teams as it was superstars. Uh, the NBA got a huge break that Magic ended up with the Lakers and Bird was drafted uh, in an era when you could draft a player um, a year early and still have rights to him for that year if you could mm -hmm. get him to sign. Of course, if you couldn't within that year, he'd go back into the draft again. And that's what happened with Larry Bird. And that's how the Celtics got Larry Bird. It, 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 I will never know, and no one will ever know, what would have happened had, let's say, Magic gone to Detroit and played with Isaiah. I dare say the Pistons would have won more championships than they did, and they won a couple as it was. Probably so. Okay. Stands the I, reason. I, I mean, all that would have changed, and I don't know that 
Detroit was necessarily their ideal spot, but it was more, I think it was more about the stars. And the thing now you see with the CBAs is that it is becoming increasingly difficult to build super teams, whether at the players urging or management's urging. Um, And I understand that Jokic and Murray and Porter are max players, but in the long term, I think there will come a time before their contracts expire, Porter's in 27, Gordon's in 26, that the Nuggets may well be in a position in which they are forced to choose between the two. I I think not only are you right, I have no doubt that you're right. And moreover, that's the design. I mean, that's that's what they're trying to do. That's that's what they want. And that's with do. everybody. Right. That's everybody. with everybody. That's the objective. That's the idea. And now right? you're hearing the, the silly notion, where is James Harden going today? Every day it changes. But uh, I, I, I looked at that. Was it the Lakers? And I said, that'd be the most Lakers, idiotic Rockets, thing Lakers. in the world to put James Harden w- with any contending team, in my opinion, but especially with the Lakers, who are delicate enough and fractious enough as it is. And what happened at the deadline was they traded away some of those guys who are most divisive and brought in some people who are content with coming Even off put the, the personalities away from it. You can't, there's only one ball. You have to trade away Russell Westbrook because he needs the ball. He's ball dominant, even with the fact that he had altered the way he played his game. Uh, James Harden is even more so. Uh, keep in mind, by the way, bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. Right now, use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter the promo code MILEHIGH. You'll get 250 bucks, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. To that end, Sandy, there is one player in particular. You're talking about adding the right piece of the puzzle, and you're talking about needing salary flexibility to do it? Well, there's one part of the Nuggets, maybe the, the one part of the Nuggets that everyone assumes is going away. Maybe not quite just yet. We'll hear a little bit from Bruce Brown from down at Civic Center Park next on Miley Sports. Now more with Sandy Clough and Sean Drotar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. This is Sandy and Sean on Mile High Sports. Wonderful day downtown. Uh, not everything went correctly, of course. Uh, certainly uh, wishing best for a Denver police uh, sergeant who ended up having uh, bumped into yeah, by one of the fire awful. trucks. Uh, is having surgery oh. on the leg. Hopefully uh, that that all goes uh, well. I know these are complicated. It's it's not easy. It's a celebration, and sometimes it looks like it goes off smoothly. It is not easy to keep half a million people all organized uh, all at the same time. So best uh, wishes go off to the, the officer with the Denver Police Department uh, who, who is undergoing surgery after that injury during the parade. And uh, for the most part, at least, uh, a good time to be had by 
by many out there and most out there. And that includes, of course, the Denver Nuggets, who I think uh, maybe a little bit uh, shocked Nikola Jokic among them about how many people are out there. Yes. I don't to, think he expected yeah. hundreds of thousands of people out there. For uh, the we, I can't even play you uh, the, the clip of Jokic's yeah, words from the from Can't the, quite uh, do that. Event because uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, we have rules with the uh, FCC that we have to abide by. But uh, uh, Jokic sort of stunned at, and I think touched by the uh, outpouring of, of uh, uh, love and emotion and excitement for Nuggets fans. But, Sandy, you went through it before. When you're looking at the, the players that played significant minutes in the postseason and counting Jeff Green, who uh, is, is a free agent after the year, but his numbers, by the way, is, uh, the minutes went down. In yeah. fact, uh, didn't right. appear. I uh, had some significant moments, by the way, of course, yeah, in, the, in, the clo- yeah. in the closing. I, I thought he had a very good finals. Uh, it, and yet you know, I, his minutes diminished as B- Christian Brown's minutes were rising. Green's minutes were diminishing through the series. But Bruce Brown, who signed uh, in the last offseason and as a two year with this upcoming season being a player option, was signed at the six point eight million. He said Bruce Brown is going to be able to opt out of that. And uh, the the expectation is, in fact, kind of kicks the tires around the, the league a little bit, that uh, there's at least probably one team that's willing to offer him about a $15 million a year deal. And that would not surprise me, given the, what you saw, the, the ability, the versatility, he's only 26 years old. I also brought up the possibility that Bruce Brown could conceivably decide, because the Nuggets were so good, because they'd be bringing virtually every player with significant minutes back, uh, because, by the way, if you were curious, the Weight-adjusted minutes by, and, and this is a complicated metric, I, I get it, you know, I'm not going to get into it too deeply, but when you're talking about uh, teams and, and the minutes they played, so you're not talking about the overall average of a team, you're talking about a team and looking at the minutes they've played. The Denver Nuggets tied the Golden State Warriors, for the, uh, the first Warriors, for the youngest championship team in the last 25 years. All of these things might tempt Bruce Brown to come back and say, hey, you know what? What if we come back and win it again or even give it a really, really good run? Now, all of a sudden, the couple teams that are curious and maybe I get a couple bigger, maybe now all of a sudden, talking about the $100 million deal. Plus, of course, we know how much he likes it here in Denver. He's on the cover of My Life Sports Magazine this month playing golf at Fossil Trace, talking about uh, his love of cowboy hats and country music and everything else. He's a perfect fit in Denver, despite uh, being from Massachusetts. (laughs) Well, uh, Bruce Brown is aware of his contract situation, certainly, and aware of his fit with the Denver Nuggets and the fans' appreciation of him. Uh, when he had an opportunity to be introduced to stage, uh, completely uh, shirtless, enjoying, uh, you know, with his hat on, enjoying the sunny day, uh, here's what he said. I got, a, I got a question for y'all. One question, one question, one question. One more here? Now, obviously, uh, you know, is, is that a potential uh, tease? Of course it is. At the same time, you're not going to say that, tease the crowd, and then in about two weeks from now, free agency, go like, later I'm out. I, I think there is a real, genuine curiosity on Bruce Brown's part and, and to decide, do I really want to maybe run this back? 
because the team is now deep enough that let's say hypothetically you knock on wood, but we saw with the avalanche, let's say somebody gets hurt. Let's say somebody has to miss a chunk of the season or worse yet a chunk of the playoffs. Bruce Brown has served as Jamal Murray's backup point guard. He can play the two. He can play the three. Even in pinches, spans of time, depending on if teams go smaller, even four. The only player he couldn't replace would be Jokic. And the other four he could. The now, value he wouldn't would be, be as remarkable. Good as Murray, but, right. But he would be as good. And in fact, the last game of the year, in the final seconds of the game, Michael Porter was on the bench and Bruce Brown was in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you got a max player and a guy who's scheduled to make 6.8 million in 23-24. And yet the guy making 6.8 million is out there, yes, even in the playoffs in many game deciding situations late in the fourth quarter. The idea that the Bruce Brown obviously Bruce Brown coming back would be tremendous. Now, uh the CBA changes uh, what the Nuggets can offer. They can't, unfortunately, yes. because, and you can imagine, here's why, because you're trying to avoid all these loopholes that players create super teams, right? Right. So you can't necessarily have a contract where somebody can say, oh, well, now I have a player option. They have no intention of keeping it. They'll tear it up. The team switches a whole bunch of money around and then gets that guy. So in other words, there they is a wink, wink, nod, nod. Here's your player option, but we both know you're never going to keep it. So, as a result, the Nuggets can't just offer Bruce Brown anything they want if he takes the option. Because they sign him with the player option, they can only offer him a raise of X percentage. It will be less than market value, and maybe a lot less. If you're the Nuggets, Sandy, obviously if he wants to come back, that's great. But if he's waffling, there are two schools of thought, and I want to run them by you. One is you say, hey, look, we have a chance to win the title. You put the full court press on Brown, and you say, of course, we, we, we need you. Come on back, and then you know you get this huge pay down down the road. The other option is say, hey, you know what? You've done a tremendous job building this. We talked about after the, after the season, uh, completed our culture and how we've built it. We want you to go ahead and reap the rewards. Go get that big money from a team that you, that you want to play for that wants to give you that big money. Go make it. Because there are, there are reasons that you can look into that and say that's a possibility. There are only so many agents in the NBA. And they do know what teams are going to be supportive of players and which teams aren't going to be supportive of players. And if you think that it's, it's sort of a 50-50 proposition for Bruce Brown, there is an argument to be made to encourage him. Go get paid. You don't need to tell Bruce Brown, though, that nobody wanted him a year ago at this time. No, he knows that. You don't need to tell him that. He knows he's in the best situation he's ever been in in his career. Well, not only that, but it, it would be very different if there were four or five teams after him last year at this time and the Nuggets got him. That'd be a very different situation, and I'd say 95% chance he leaves under those circumstances. But those weren't the circumstances. The Nuggets were literally the only team out of 30 in the NBA who wanted him, and I'm thinking – He's from Boston. The Celtics had no interest. I couldn't Are believe. You nuts. I, I mean, I, I, and was, I love Brad Stevens. I have a lot of respect for him, both as a coach and as an executive. Uh, uh, but, I mean, I, what a blind Prior spot. Prior to him signing, I was banging the drum for Bruce Brown for being the player the Nuggets added. I didn't even remember. Boston play against Bruce Brown in the yep. playoffs last year? I even remember and saying. And they didn't think he could help them? I said on air. 
I just don't think they'll be able to afford him. I didn't think they'd be able to afford Bruce Brown because I thought somebody would see what I had seen and and, and give him a contract that would be more commensurate. I thought he'd make 10 to 11 million and that would price him right out of the nuggets. I was sure that was going to happen. Amazingly, it didn't. Now, it's going to sooner rather than later, but I, I don't doubt Brown's sincerity. I think it's going to be a more difficult discussion for him, and especially when, look, when you're 26 years old, you're thinking, look, i got a lot of career left. Well, and he does. yeah, and he said that's the other point. He's not 36, he's 26. There is more than just a team throwing out there, hey, wait a year and you'll get a big contract. You could get a huge contract. (laughs) If you say that to somebody 36, he might come back and say, well, yeah, I could also break my ankle. Right. Now, that could happen to him at 26 as well, but you're saying if he had an injury, let's say it's somewhere between an injury-free season and one that is completely wiped out by some sort of major injury, that the reality lies somewhere in between. Certainly. On average, right. Are you telling me that next year there wouldn't be at least five teams, and many of them, if not all of them, really, really good teams that would look at him and say – he can play on either end at any one of four positions. He's got a six nine wingspan, six four. He's he's built and is as strong as any six four player in the league. He's the best rebounding guard, six four or smaller, in the NBA. Quite possibly, it, it just is. And his rebound and stick back won the game, and of course helped them win the title. <laughs> the other night with that particular play. You're you're telling me that even if he had injuries this year, that he'd come out of next year and there wouldn't be four or five teams interested. Of course they would. Of course they would. Unless it's a and career threatening injury. Well, I'm right. saying somewhere no, no, between no, the I two extremes. I'm saying that that's unlikely. That's unlikely on average to have a career-threatening injury. Uh, could he even break his ankle and miss half the year? Yes. Would that dramatically limit his market? No. I don't think so. And uh, the, the challenge for Bruce Brown is Bruce Brown over the course of his entire career has made $15 million. Now, for you and me, I'll happily take that and never work a day in my life. For Bruce Brown, there's a lot more to come. But then again, there is another part at play here. So he can be offered $7.8 million. He can get a raise of about a million dollars a year because of the non-bird player. But you talked about the bird rights before. Now, if he does opt out, the Nuggets signed him to the one-year $7.8 million. Well, then after that, he's been with the team for two years. And now you can offer him his early bird rights in the summer of 24. And then not only does he get the big money, he gets it in Denver, where Denver can also, again, exceed the salary cap to sign him because you're talking about re-signing your own player. Yeah, that's right. So if you're the Nuggets, that's the pitch. That's the pitch. Listen, if he stays here, he's going to be... He'll play starters numbers of minutes on average. He'll play. Yes, he will, but he'll probably be at best the fifth highest played player on the team and maybe the sixth. Now, KCP's deal runs through 25, Mm -hmm. and he'll be making 14-7 next year. Um, I'm not sure that this year 
there would be a team out there that would offer him 15 or more. No. Okay. I don't think so. So I, I think he looks at that too and says, uh, listen, at, at the moment, I am the sixth highest paid player on the team. Right. And uh, next year, I will continue to be the sixth best player on the team. I will look at almost any option I have. And even if I take the best offer, there's a chance, a chance that only four nuggets would be making more next year than I make, but it would probably still be five. <laughs> now that said, if you look a little further, we know that the, the big money he could get would be following next season, right? Exactly. Now, exactly. Exactly. That becomes intriguing in his last year of his contract. Might the nuggets be able to move KCP and Bruce Brown becomes the starting two guard. Possibly. Yeah. That could be. At the very least, you know you could schedule it because KCP would only have one more year left after that. You could sign Bruce Brown to a new deal. Caldwell Post would roll off after one year, uh, one year after that. And who knows? Now, it, it's about year-to-year management. For the, for the Nuggets, it's really about the next two. And Brown is the only piece of the puzzle uh, where there really isn't any, any question uh, where it stands. Because we know about the, the young players. Christian Brown's not going anywhere. Peyton Watson's right. not going anywhere. Uh, even Zeke Nagy isn't going anywhere because he's a restricted free agent after the next season. And at the moment, well, unless something dramatically changes, who's going to offer him anything? Right. So uh, the most of the guys aren't going anywhere. Are there concerns about the fact you're going to need to get uh, Jamal Murray, a new max contract. Couple years. In a couple right. years, you will, uh, starting for the, because his wraps up after the 24 25 season. season. Yes. Uh, and you will. But then again, the leap there is not going to be as dramatic as it could be among others because he doesn't have to reach the super max that Jokic gets because Jokic has been an MVP. So the, the Nuggets cap situation is difficult, but not unmanageable. And, and then what they've done, I think, to do such a good job of making it clear as Calvin Booth has done. Again, during the finals, he made a trade to pick up an additional first. Yeah, next year's uh, and that sends a message to the other team. And it's largely symbolic that we're here to win it right now, and we don't care about draft picks six years from now. Right, but it does mean that we want one one summer from now because right. we're going to need a cheaper contract right. on somebody we think can make a Well, uh, you know what the report is that, that or you can it, move up oh, in this one. one of the reports that the Nuggets will move up this year. In this what one. you just said. Mm-hmm. That that they'll be looking for a first round pick this year and they have a combination of picks. Um two seconds this year, thirty seven and forty, mm-hmm. and they have a first next year. I and you can just call the Brooklyn Nets who have a bazillion a picks that, that don't know right. what to do with all of them. Right. And, and and say, you know, maybe a team doesn't want three picks in the first round. We'll take one of those picks and we'll give you a couple of seconds and maybe a first next year. And Okay, you're still left with the first next year. We'll find out. We'll put a uh, the proverbial bow on this on a celebration uh, Thursday in Denver. I want to get your feedback as well. 303-831-1340 is the number for Sandy M. Sean. We'll be back in just a couple at Miley Sports. Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by Superbook Sports. 
Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. The Denver Nuggets season uh, officially came to an end earlier this week, but it feels like it unofficially comes to an end today as the parade with more than a reported half a million people lining the streets and in well, that was my Center daughter's Park. guess was uh, close to half a million. Yeah, a tremendous turnout for the Nuggets and the idea, of course, that uh, like the Broncos and only like the Broncos, yeah. Uh, yeah. the teams that, of course, arrived in Denver in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the Avalanche didn't even arrive until the, nine, the 90s and the, uh, the Rockies as well. So Rockies uh, established in 91, didn't play until 93, and uh, the Avalanche, of course, moving from Quebec uh, in time for uh, that 95-96 season. So uh, these two teams, the Broncos and, and the Nuggets, have a history uh, unlike any others in town. They were both uh, charter members of renegade leagues that were eventually incorporated into the bigger ones. And and I suppose you could say the Quebec Nordiques were indirectly associated with the WHA, although, of course, they were an NHL team when they moved to Denver Uh, in 1995. Yeah, and and as a result, the history, that there are no other teams, Mm -hmm. and there are no other teams that ever can have the history in town that the Denver Nuggets and the Denver Broncos do. These are the original two big professional franchises, and uh, now they both have titles. And, yes, things, it it seems like... uh, not that long ago, if, you, if you've lived here long enough, where the Broncos won their uh, very first title and the Avalanche won their very first title. But, I mean, this championship run for Denver started in that 95-96 season. They had the Avalanche, then the Broncos. But then oh, since yes. then, we're mm-hmm. talking about a span of 31 years, roughly. And really, yeah. So, I mean, it's really, I guess, if you talk about the 20, uh, 1996 is when the first cup was won, and now it's summer 23, 29 years. Yeah. So, 29 years. In 29 years, you have... Three Super Bowl titles, three Stanley Cup championships, and an NBA championship. That's, and a World Series appearance for the Rockies, I suppose. But, I mean, that's, that's that seven there, but, major titles but, uh, right. in 29 and, and years. Listen, it, it, we, we belittle the Rockies, and rightfully so all the time. But uh, the city was electrified during Rocktober. Oh, my, yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. I've never and experienced anything like it. It was close to being like that. This year, yes, it was, and with with the Nuggets, and I, I, I suppose you know the Broncos will always be king. But I think if you're looking for championships that brought such joy after years of frustration to a fan base, you can't beat the Broncos in 1997. No, it's hard to. But sure. I think the Nuggets come in number two. I can see and. It. You know, the Avalanche parade I thought was different after 2001 Mm -hmm. because people sensed it was the end of something, and it was a rock band. The Nuggets aren't quite a rock band. (laughs) They aren't quite a rock band. Not yet. The the Colorado Avalanche were were a rock band, certainly by 2001. Ray Bork brought romance to their Stanley Cup pursuit. It was going to be his last you knew you had Lock Hall of Famers coming up in Sackick and Forsberg and Wall. You knew it. Uh, this is right. never a question. But but it was never going to be like that again. And I think what makes this Nugget deal different from uh, everybody but the Broncos. Because there's uh, Broncos won one. Hey, they were prohibitive favorites the following year, and they started 13-0. and But apart from the Broncos, 
there is as much enthusiasm for the Nuggets staying up there as there was with certainly the first two Avalanche championship teams. I think all the injuries, and again, Nuggets beware, injuries can kind of come out of nowhere. And a team that was relatively healthy, relatively healthy in 19, uh, I'm sorry, 2021-22 was one of the most injured teams in the sport in 22-23. It can change from year to year. We know that. But I would say with the possible exception of the Broncos in 1998 and the Avalanche this year, there are higher expectations that the Nuggets can be at the front end of something rather than at the end, the back end yeah. of something. And that's, uh, and as that's was the point. case, even after the Broncos won in 98, Elway retired. People knew they weren't going to win again in 99. Right. And they probably, if Elway had come back, they weren't going to win in I 99. I don't think they were going to either. But that was the only reason for Elway to come back, to try to take a shot with his teammates at winning a third straight Super Bowl, something that still, to this day, has never been mm-hmm. done before. But with the Nuggets, I'm not even suggesting they can win two in a row, but the idea that within the next two or three years they could win another one, I guess you can say that about the Avalanche, but only the most uh, fantasy-addled individuals thought that the Rockies' World Series appearance would set up oh, two sort of or three run, in the right. next four or five years. Right. It did, I mean, yes, they got back to the playoffs in 2009. They lost in the in the opening round, in the uh, division round to the Phillies, the team they had beaten in 07. It ran them out of the playoffs in 09. And they didn't get really that close, maybe the exception of 2010 with two weeks to go. It looked like they were making a run. But after that, it wasn't until 2017 they made the playoffs again. Nobody thinks that we'll be waiting seven to ten years for the Nuggets to be factors in the championship conversation again. Now, they they will be next year. I mean, they're the odds-on favorite going into the season. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing it will stay that way, maybe even through the entire regular season. If they get Brown back, let's say they win 55 games next year, or more, I mean, they'll be heavier favorites certainly than they were this year going into the playoffs. Right. Right. I mean, I, I think that's the part that's interesting. We'll, we'll find out. I mean, if Bruce Brown to re- return, I mean, think about this. Okay, I don't really know if Nikola Jokic can be significantly better, but he doesn't need to be. Uh, Jamal Murray in the regular season could be a little better, but again, he doesn't need to be, but you don't necessarily feel Jamal Murray at, at his age. The Nuggets are young, uh, are going to get worse. Aaron no. Gordon, with more familiarity, can get a little better. Michael Porter Jr. certainly can get better. I don't see a lot of decay in what KCP does. Bruce Brown can be better. Christian Brown yep. could take a quantum leap. Uh, where's the Where's the fall off? Okay, tell me. Denver uh, Post headline. Tonight. Right. Golden, right? Uh, and I think we can extend that and say this is a golden age of sorts in Denver sports. Who would have ever imagined that it could be a golden age of any kind in Denver sports that did not include the Broncos. Right. Unimaginable. Well, and here's the, the unimaginable. funnier part. We talk about that history. Look, 
I get it. It's been 2015 since the Broncos won the Super Bowl. It was only eight years ago. That's three titles in eight years, Denver. Hard to complain. I'm saying it's a golden <laughs> age. I'm just saying at the present time, oh, yes. back to back it's the, the Nuggets and, and the, the nuggets? Avalanche oh, my. and the Broncos and Rockies are uh, tasting dust yeah. in their wake. Yeah. Well, the Broncos are at minicamp right now. We'll talk about them uh, a little bit tomorrow as well as that wraps up. I'll have the Broncos blitz with Cody Roark tomorrow. But hopefully you enjoyed the parade, enjoyed the day. Uh, get home safe. Be smart about it, by the way, while you're at it. Uh, don't do anything dumb while you're out there. It's been terrific spending the time talking with you. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Thanks to Andrew Detmer here in the booth, making everything look and sound good. We'll be back. For Sandy, I'm Sean. Keep it right here on Mile High Sports. Now you see me standing in the lights, but you never saw my sacrifice. Or all the nights I had to struggle to survive. Had to lose it all to